Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. What a great, what a great hour we're living in. Amen. Amen. You know, um, people can get upset at the darkness. And I think there's one thing that we need to do is to recognize there's darkness in the world, right? But we're not supposed to just be focused on that. We're supposed to be in the faith of God, right? And seeing what God's doing. So, you know, a lot of people, how many of you heard about the demonic Grammys? Everybody hear about the demonic Grammys, right? And so I didn't watch the Grammys. I don't know if in my whole entire life I've ever watched the Grammys. I don't even know. I had to ask, what was that? In fact, right at the moment, I can't remember what the Grammys are for. But anyway, um, somebody performed at the Grammys, and it was like a satanic worship festival, right? They're they're worshiping, uh, you know, Satan there, and it's like a, it's like they're not hiding it anymore. It's right there in front of your face, right? And of course, things are always going that way. The more subtle it is, the more we tend to, well, you know, uh, whatever. So, so they highlight it with um, a, a, a non-binary. Don't you love these new terms? Non-binary person and a what was the other one? Transsexual. Uh, they were this the highlight and with Satan worship. It's the craziest thing, right? Oh, you know what? Let me just say that's just exposing what's already been there for so long. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's just getting stronger. And I want to say this. uh, I'm not going to be worried about that. I'm appalled at it in the sense that I don't like it, but it's been everywhere. And the problem is too long. We've just accepted so much of it because it's been at the low level, at a lower level. It's just getting bigger and bigger. And let let me say this. If, if I have to sort of warn you about that presentation, you're really way, way under by now. Do you know what I'm saying? You're, you can't see it all. <laughs> so I, my, my, the other point I wanted to make is we need to focus on what God's doing because God is a lot bigger than that Grammys or any other thing that the devil's doing in this world. And I just want to tell you this. There are a lot of things happening in this world that most Christians can't see because the world has them fighting the wrong battles, arguing with the wrong people, pointing in the wrong places, bitter at this. You know what I'm saying? We are the sheeple of this world, right? Too often. And if the world were to manifest one day, you know what I mean? Like what happened at the Grammys, we would see a lot that's been under the surface that we have allowed somehow in our lives, right? Are y'all with me? And you see what happens is when when things begin to shake and the lights come on, people begin to wake up. So my trust is people are going to begin to wake up. But I want to encourage you in this. This isn't a time to be, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, the world's getting worse. Oh, the government's getting worse. Oh, the Grammys are getting worse. Uh, this is the time for the people of God to say, through God, we can do great things. God can turn everything around. God can bring light where there's darkness. 
He can bring light in this world and He's going to bring light in the church. There's going to be a move of God. The question is, are you going to be a part of it? And just complaining about the darkness isn't going to cut it. You've got to recognize that, but you've got to then press into the light because the light is the answer, amen? And how many of you have heard about this Asbury revival? Everybody's heard about the Grammys. <laughs> when you hear about the Asbury revival, I don't understand. You know, this past Wednesday at Asbury College, they had a, you know, Asbury's a Christian college. So they had this, uh, what do you call it when you're, you know, you do it in Christian school. Wednesday morning, you meet together, you have a chapel. So this is, it's a huge building and they got this handful of people there Wednesday morning. And after chapel, which the chapel, the message is on repentance and confession. That's what it was. I haven't read the message, but I heard what it was about. So after chapel, about 30 students just lingered and they were moved by God. And, you know, they're praying. They began praying and worshiping. And to make a long story short, God began to show up after the meeting when they kept lingering. So that started Wednesday morning. And 30 were remaining. Uh, as of like the last I checked, like yesterday, there's people still there. And not only 30, the whole place. And I mean, it's not, it's like down and then all the balcony. It's packed full of people. Because people say they're experiencing God. There's repentance happening. There's people go, it's, the presence of God is there. And how did it start? It just, listen to this, just 30 people lingering after a repentance message. Are y'all with me? 30 people. They pressed into even more. God began to show up. Other people began to go up. Come, what's going on in there? And there's, there's, hundreds, there's probably thousands in that place. I mean, just after, and they're staying all night. Some of them. That's an amazing thing. God's moving. At least, and I'll just say, that is just a little bit of what God will do. That's just a little bit. That's like nothing compared to what we're getting ready to see. God's getting ready to move. God's getting ready to do some great things. And you need to be in alignment with God. And today we're going to be talking about walking in a place of breakthrough. You know, when God moves, it's not usually just like, boom, there's a big supernatural thing and it happens. Usually when God moves, it's because there's been a faithful person, a faithful group that have persevered, that have believed, that have held on to God and that have not given in. And these people are always the ones that get their blessings. They get their breakthroughs. Amen? If you don't give up, you will be rewarded. You will reap if you keep sowing to the Spirit and doing what the Spirit says instead of giving in to the flesh or giving in to other things that we might not call the flesh. We tend to think flesh is sin. But flesh is also when you're giving in to discouragement, when you're giving in to heaviness. Discouragement is not a fruit of the Spirit. Did y'all know that? 
You're not going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and discouragement. No, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and joy and victory, right? So what I'm saying is, those that will walk according to God's ways and not give up, they will always end up with their breakthroughs. And when they get their breakthroughs, so many other people enter into those breakthroughs. Amen? We're at the place right now where many people have been holding on. Many are now also joining the journey. But we're in a place of holding on, believing God, persevering, trusting, because we know by faith in the Word of God and how things have worked throughout history and how God has always worked through people that a breakthrough is coming. Amen? And even as I say that, does not the Spirit of God on the inside of you register? Yes, that's true. Do y'all see what I mean? Do you not have a witness of God on the inside of you when faith comes that says, yes, there's hope on the inside of you that goes, yes, you know deep down the Spirit of God is registering with the Word of God and you know it's true, right? Now, you might be sitting here and you've got so much discouragement going on. You've had so many disappointments. There, there are negative words in your mind, negative feelings in your body and in your soul. Maybe you've had so many experiences, it's hard for you to believe. Listen to what I'm saying. You have those feelings. You got the mind racing against God. You've got your experiences you can be leaning on right now. But when that spark of faith begins to move on the inside of you, you better press past your discouragement and grab hold of it and just make a decision. I'm going to believe I don't care what I've been told, what I've gone through, what things look like. I'm going to believe. I'm going to hold on to what God says, contrary to everything I'm feeling. Amen? That's faith. And the Bible says, Walk in faith. Faith is based on the Word of God. Excuse me. And when we walk in faith, what are we doing? We are pressing past our feelings, past our experiences, past even our rational mind. Amen. Are y'all with me? to enter into a place that is in alignment with the Word of God, the truth of God, what God has said. Because this Word is meant to pull you out of being a natural man to being a spiritual man, to being a spiritual person that lives, thinks, acts like God. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? You are children of what? God. God wants you to learn to act like God, to think like God, to be like God. Amen? And you've got to get this in your heart and in your mind and recognize this is the goal. It's not just to go to heaven. The goal is for you to be changed, for you to become like God, for the things that are not of God to be pulled out of your life and the things that are of God to be put into your life. Amen? Man, what a great process. And you just have to go with it along the way because 
What, the, what does the Bible say? How do we do that? Uh, we crucify the flesh. Wow. That means there's a part of your life that does not want to agree with God. And it also means that not doing what you don't want to do can be painful. But the Bible says that we crucify the works by the Spirit of God. We overcome, we put to death the deeds of the flesh by the power of the Spirit. The key isn't just to walk around moping, trying to not do things. The key is to be filled with God. Be a man or woman of prayer. Get up in the morning and don't act like you're a Christian, you know, just going to work. No, you get up in the morning, you begin to rejoice. You begin to say, hey, I'm going to have a great day today because God is with me. I am in faith. Drive out every doubt, fear, and trepidation about your day. And make a decision you're going to walk according to God because and God is with you. Amen? Amen. You have to begin to live that way. Now, you don't feel that way, but too many times we're ready. We just want to get to a place where we feel better. And God's like, I'm trying to reprogram you so you live in that place. Right? Right. The great, amazing wisdom of God has us in a place where we have to live like God to make it. You know, if, if there were no trials, your faith would be very weak. Do y'all see that? If, if God made it so that you, we, you know, we were um, whatever, just say things and they just happen without having to believe, there's no faith in that. But God's put us in a situation where there is natural combined with God's spirit combined with evil spirit. And God has caused us, you know, you know, to be in that situation because it takes pure faith to live at that level and to let go of the other. And that's what causes us to live like God is. Amen. Are y'all, are y'all connected with what I'm saying? You're in this trial because God perfects you during a trial. God makes your faith strong during a trial. If you don't know better, you just think your time, you just have to wait it out. Oh, God's like, no, I want to give you victory in the middle of it. And the victory you get in the middle of your trial isn't just going to be a victory that makes you feel better, which it does. It's going to be a victory that changes your life. We change. We're becoming more and more like God. Because we're thinking like God. We're living like God. We got his word in us. We're not allowing the other things to come in. Not only wrong thinking, but doubts, fears, everything that's not of God, we get it out. We take every thought that's not in alignment with God into captivity. Why does the Bible say that? Because anything that's not in alignment with God is trying to mess up the way God wants you to be. A feeling, a thought, an attitude, all of that's got to go. If you want to be like God and walk like God and think like God and have the victories of God in your life. Man, it's an exciting world we're in. And I will just tell you, trials are a part of it. You'll never rise up above these issues if you don't have trials because you won't even realize these issues are there. You don't realize you got doubt until you get put in a trial. You don't realize you have weak faith until you need faith. See, then you get in that situation and you go, oh, no, I'm not what I thought I was. So then what do you do? You get into the word of God. 
you start to get the word of God into you and you start to push out the things that are not of God, the lies, the deception, the fears, the discouragement. You have to push that out with the word of God. You've got to speak the word of God. I am going to make it. I am going to rise up. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And I don't look at my circumstances. I am looking at God. And God plus one is enough. I've got everything I need. You've got to do that every day. You've got to enter into the future that God's got for you. Don't just bide your time. You've got to overcome. Amen? Yes. And you are made in the overcoming. You are made in the process. Do not despise your trials. Don't despise your process. God will make something great out of you if you will decide to press into it. Man. And I will tell you, a lot of people listening to me today, you know there's a giant in your life. It might be some sin. It might be some attitude. It might be even something like greed. I'm telling you, there are all different kinds of things we can wrestle with. God will give you victory over every single thing. It, as I said earlier, it might not feel good sometimes. But you always let the Spirit of God lead you, and you'll always be walking in the joy and the victory of God. Amen? Amen. Now, I want us to get into Acts chapter 16. Because I just thought that's a great little passage about entering into breakthrough. And if you look at this chapter, it's really powerful because... You, you've got Paul who's been sent on a missions trip. And you know, Paul just, you know, the way God does things, he tells us something. And then, I know this doesn't sound very spiritual. Sometimes he just lets us figure out what we're going to do. He tells us enough. And then, so Paul's going, okay, God God wants me to, let, let me go there first. Let me, you see, he's doing it prayerfully. But God's not giving him a direct word on every single thing he wants him to do. He just has a big word, the big gist of the thing, all right? Amen? Amen. Okay, so here, here's Acts chapter 16. Um, again, this is a great, great story of breakthrough. Uh, we won't even come close to get to the end of the story, I don't think. But um, let's look at this. Um, you see in verse, in verse 1, Paul's come into these city and the, the, these towns, and there's a disciple there named Timothy. Um, he was well spoken of. It's as if Paul doesn't know Timothy that well yet. Paul wanted him to go on with him. He took him and circumcised him. And that just sounds like that would have been a very uncomfortable experience for those two to have gone through. Could you imagine that? <laughs> hey, Timothy, hey, you want to come with me? Yeah, hey, I need to circumcise you. What? What do you mean? Well, you know, you don't need circumcision to be saved, but we're going to be around a bunch of Jews, and they, you know, I don't even want to deal with that issue. And you got to go into the temple with me because, so I need to circumcise you. What? How are you going to do that? And I won't even get into that, right? But I'm just going, man, that was some intense discipleship right there. That's commitment. That's commitment. Timothy was a committed man right there. Anyway, so, um, he took them and circumcised them because of the Jews, for they all knew his father was a Greek. Then they went to the cities and they delivered uh, to the cities the decrees that, that were that they were to keep 
which were determined, determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith. They have an increase daily. That means God wasn't put into Sunday morning or Saturday morning. Amen? Amen? They were flowing with God all the time. They were reaching out all the time. People were getting saved all the time. Daily. Boom, boom, boom. That's talking about a momentum that I believe God desires for us to walk in. And what did he do? He goes to these cities. He's encouraging them with the word. He's building them up. They're continually getting something, boom, and they're being strong. Now, let me just mention what Paul did right here that I think is so key to him making it and getting his breakthrough by the end of this chapter, not only for himself, it's really for the kingdom of God, right? So here, the first thing I want to say is, if you want to get a breakthrough, you're going to have to connect with other people. Paul is a great man of God. He knows God. He knows the word probably better than anybody else alive at this time, right? He knows it all. He's a man of prayer. He's had the anointing on his life. He's had the power of God on his life, maybe more than anybody else we know. I don't know. And he needs other people in his life. When he goes through his journey, he starts out with Barnabas. And right now, he's going again. What's he doing? He's taking Silas, and he's taking Timothy with him where he goes. I just want to encourage you in this, people. You, you won't get your breakthrough being a lone ranger. You've got to connect with other people. We need other people. And all of you guys online, I know, you, praise God, you're connecting online. One day we want to have little groups. If you're too far to come here, you know, but I'm hoping you can come here and I'm hoping beyond here you can come to prayer meeting. I'm hoping that entrusting relationships are going to be formed and people, we're going to lock arms and there's going to be people praying for one another, connecting with one another. Some Christians don't want that. They don't want to live like that. I just say you're not going to ever go very far and you're not going to ever go and get great breakthroughs in life for the kingdom. Some people are okay with that. I'm not. I want to do all I can do for God, right? I want to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. I want to produce what God wants me to produce. I want to be able to present that to the Lord in the day when I meet him. Amen. Amen. I want breakthroughs not just for me. I want kingdom breakthroughs in my life. And it takes you connecting with other people. You can't just stay off by yourself. I've, I've shared this so many times, but it just always connects to me. Y'all know I was trained by an African pastor. And uh, one thing he used to say regularly is, remember, it's the banana that leaves the bunch that always gets peeled. <laughs> right? So you need other people. You need to be hanging around other people, right? Hang, it makes a big, big difference. Now, this is also a great example of discipleship. Now, Timothy's a young believer. You see, we should always be training the next generation. If you're saved, you're walking with the Lord, you've learned how to walk with God, you need to be reaching out to somebody. You need to be pulling them in. I don't think he was like, hey, Timothy, you want to come? It's going to be fun. No, I think he was compelling him to come with him. And sometimes we need to reach out. You know, people come to the Lord. They don't realize what they don't know. You know, sometimes people pray, oh, I give my life to the Lord. Then they'll pray. And then they won't even show up to church. You know why? 
They don't know they need to come to church. And when they prayed, they didn't know that was part of the program. Oh, they don't come to my discipleship meeting. Oh, they didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Well, they don't know they need to come. Or they might know, but they don't see the importance of it. That's what we're there for, amen? We have to pull them and show them the right way. We've got to tell them, you need to be in church. You need to be connected. You need to, you need to learn, amen? Well, I don't feel like it. I'm just telling you, you can't just play around. You've got to always bring people to the next level. The next level for Timothy, hey, you need to be hanging out with me. You just, Paul somehow knew that, right? He's pulling Timothy in. There was that discipleship going on. And uh, so what's, what's Timothy doing with Paul, by the way? Timothy is hanging out with him. He's watching him. He's doing what Paul tells him to do. Hey, could you go, go do this? He comes back. You see, God honors that. When you're serving the ministry that you're in, uh, God honors that. And the anointing of the ministry will come upon you. The calling that's on the ministry will come upon you. Y'all remember the early church? It says that deacons were, were there. What are the deacons doing? They're serving. They're doing everything they can to help things flow, right? It says the apostles committed themselves to prayer and fasting, excuse me, and the word, right? And it says that everybody else, excuse me, these were, how many were there? Eight, um, uh, they, they call them deacons, right? I don't like to use that word today because when we think of deacons, we think of people coming in, walk, walking at, at the beginning of service, and then they go sit on the front row. That's where I grew up. <laughs> but um, that's not what deacons are. It just means people who really serve, they have a, a, a role to serve. Could you imagine that today? Serving is too big for so many people. They're too important to serve. They're too important to do little small things, right? This pride gets in the way. Let me just tell you, serving is the way to advancement. Serving is the way to a new anointing on your life. Yeah. Paul is serving, Timothy is serving Paul. One day, Timothy is going to be used in a very, very powerful way. Those deacons that served the apostles, we don't know about all of them, but we remember Philip. What's Philip doing a few chapters later? Philip's doing miracles. The blind are seeing, the cripples are walking. Where'd that come from? the anointing that came down from heaven on the apostles and that was everywhere flowed right to those people who were serving in the ministry there. Amen? Who's the other one? Stephen was another one. What's Stephen doing? He's there serving, making things happen. He's connected. He's watching. He's with those apostles seeing needs that need to get taken care of. And guess what happens? The Bible says, he began to do signs and wonders. So many that they, they killed him for it. So maybe right now you're going, oh, I don't know if I want to serve that much. <laughs> Almost that much. But not that much. But you see, when you serve, that anointing comes on you. And you're around people. Jesus didn't just disciple his 12 by having them, uh, you know, just get on Zoom. He didn't have them even just come to a big meeting. What did he do? He hung out with them. When he went to go cast the demon out from somebody, he said, hey, watch this. Come out, devil. Hey, did y'all see how I did that? Now y'all do that. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. And then what the disciples do? They go, hey, did you see what he just did? Man, how did he do that? How did he just talk to the wind and make that the storm stop? I don't even understand. 
See, they're talking about it. They're all, they're getting discipled together. Anyway, so he's brought Timothy along. I just want to say this because it popped in my mind while I was writing this down. You know, sometimes you spend a lot of time in somebody's life and it looks like they go the other direction after you invest the time in them. You know, that's so sad. I, it just, it, I've seen it happen so many times. And uh, I just want to encourage you, don't stop. You just keep reaching out. Paul had a situation one time, a man he was investing, investing into, just like he did with Timothy. And his name was Demas. And uh, there's a word where Paul wrote to Demas and he says, excuse me, he wrote to Timothy and he says, hey, Timothy, could you come and help me right now? Uh, Demas left me, having loved this present world. You know, I don't think Dem Demas is there. Think about this. Demas has left to go serve in the ministry. He's doing missionary work. And he leaves Paul. The Bible says he left that because he loves this present world. Now, what do you think that means? I don't think Demas is going, hey, Paul, you know what? I've decided I'm going to go back to, uh, you know, drinking and partying. I'm going to go back to whatever, whatever. I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I need more things in life. Uh, this kind of, this, Paul's going, you know what? He's got his mind on this world. I don't think he was talking about, I'm going to go do some kind of flagrant sins. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All that got him off course was wanting the things of this world, focusing on that. He probably still went to church every Sunday. He, you see what I'm saying? But he got off God's course for his life because he started focusing on the things of this world. And if you focus and start loving the things of this world, if all you're thinking about, and yet we all have to be careful about this, is how you're going to make more money. How are you going to do this? You know, the Bible even goes, don't worry about those things because you can't serve right. mammon. Right. What he's saying is worrying causes you to serve those things because your mind is on them all the time, you see? So what he's saying is if your mind's always focused on those things, you're going to end up going in that direction. You might still serve the Lord. You might still come to church. You might still pray every day before you go to bed and when you eat your meals. But you're off of God's high course for your life. There's no way you can be on God's highest course for your life if you your your mind is not fixed on things above. Mm -hmm. And it really you have to really focus to do that. Amen. And sometimes people say things like that and it just deflates everything. Oh, I was hoping you would tell me how to do this. You know what? God does tell us how to do well in life. But the problem is we got to keep focusing on those things. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I believe that's one of the greatest um, keys of uh, one of the greatest keys of financial success is giving and tithing. Right. But, you know, your flesh doesn't want to do it. But you know what it causes you to do? You stop looking to you and yourself and your efforts and you start looking to God because you, you've taken a step. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't think. I don't know that there's another way to do it. This is an example, but that goes in about every area of life. But I think that's one where all of our flesh wrestles with until we realize we got to trust God. Amen? Anyway, don't be discouraged when you invest in somebody 
and they go and they sort of slide off. I've seen it happen too many times. And I've seen too many times when people think they're going for one reason and I'm, and they excuse what they're doing. Oh, you know what? I got some things I need to do. Oh, I got to do it. But I, and I look at them, you know, six months later, a year later, usually they didn't go like that. Almost always they went just like that. They, y'all can see on the camera. <laughs> they went like that instead of like, instead of like that. All right. Anyway. Okay. So let's move along here. Um, then we, then we've got what it says is the Macedonian call. Verse six. And when they had gone through Fergia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden. Listen to this. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach. Can you believe that? The Holy Spirit wouldn't let them preach. If that verse wasn't in there, people would believe that would be impossible. Isn't that right? Um, and after they came to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So they went to Mysia. They came down to Troas. So look how many places they've gone. All right. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man in Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he'd seen the vision, immediately we sought, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to him. Now, this is really neat. Uh, there are a few little points here I want to mention that I that we can sort of glean from just that little passage of, of some things uh, that Paul has done that will show us how to have some victory in life and how, how we can enter into a breakthrough. First thing I want to mention in there is, um, if, if you look at this plus the story that we haven't gotten to yet, you most of you are already familiar with the story, but um, Paul had a mindset of victory and of conquering right? There's so much negative in this whole story. And already he's gone to, look how many places he's gone through and hasn't had any success, right? All these, all these different little places. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think there's six or seven places right there. Think about that. And no success yet, right? But he does not give in to that. And he stays with a victorious mindset. And, and I want to tell you right now, you will never have God's full victory in your life if you don't have his victory in your mind. Don't be thinking, oh, why won't this happen? Why won't that happen? Your problem is in your mind and in your heart first. Amen? Victory needs to come there before it will come to these other places. Now listen. This has been the testimony of God all throughout the Scriptures. That, that word I've shared so many times for David's at Ziklag. His worst day in his whole life. They want to kill him. He's depressed all day. He's about to lose it. And then what does he do on his worst day? It's worse than any of our days we've ever had, I think. He encourages himself. Why did David do that? Because David knew my key to victory. I'm not going to, oh, God, come through for me. That won't work. Listen, guys, you cannot pray for victory in your discouragement and expect that to work. Oh, God, it's so bad. 
come through, you can just say, God, I feel so, that's okay. God, I feel so bad. God, I didn't. But when you start asking for God, what you need to do is go from that place to a place of God's for me. God's with me. God's going to help me. When you do that, God begins to show up. You've got to have a mindset of victory. Now ask yourself, do you live with a mindset of victory every day? At the level of victory that's in your mindset is the level of victory you're experiencing. It ends up coming to you. David at Ziklag, Joshua and Caleb, they rose above the image of the giants when they went to the promised land. Remember the 12 spies? There were two of them. We can do it. These were giants. They were bigger than the average people. They were huge. Joshua and Caleb go, we can do it. Wow. This would be like elementary students going to, you know, playing the Super Bowl today. We can do it. You go, oh, guys. <laughs> Seriously. That's what it was like. Two of them go, because we believe God. Ten of them cried and complained and were discouraged. Those ten never made it in. It was God's will. They never made it in. The two that walked in victory got into their victory. There's so many of them where people rise up in faith. I won't get into any more. But I just want to encourage you in this. As long as you let discouragement rule your life, it's going to cause you to live a much lesser place than what God has for you. Now, there's so many words to encourage you, all right? And I hope you're not going, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. You're making me feel so bad because now you're telling me I'm not only discouraged, but I'm going to fail. <laughs> I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you if you're discouraged, that's not God's will for you, and you can get out of that, and that's the key to you getting your victory. Amen? Amen. You know, I just wrote down a few things. You know, just start, just begin to say some things that are in alignment with the word. That's what Joshua and, and Caleb did. We'll get in. They spoke words of faith based on the word of God. We're going to make it in because God says so. Because God's with us. He gave us a promise. Amen. Begin to speak words that are in alignment, not just with positive things, but with the things of the word, which is more than just being positive. There are amazing things in this word. God's with me. He's faithful. He's my helper. God's going to strengthen me. God's going to give me the land that he's apportioned to me. Amen? Amen. The scepter of the wicked shall not rest in the land allotted to the righteous. What does that mean? Whoever's in your territory, that authority that's there can't stay there if God's giving it to you and you keep going forward. Amen? Amen. God will come through for me at the right time. He will not be late. Amen. Amen. He will come through. He might test you. It might be the last second that God's going to come through for you. You have to say that. You have to just declare to God how faithful he is. You have to speak it out because those words coming out of your mouth, they are powerful. You ought to look at your situation when you feel down. Bring it before your face and just Say it very, very boldly out of your mouth. 
God is faithful. You are going to bow the knee to the Lord Jesus. I have victory in the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to overcome. Then the next thing we see, Paul stepped out in faith. I love this. Paul did not know where he was going. Did y'all know that? Paul didn't know where he's going. He goes to one place. He goes to another place. You know, God doesn't always give you all the instructions. And if you want all the instructions before you step out, you're walking in fear. Oh no, you're walking in wisdom. Maybe it's the wisdom of man you're waiting for because the wisdom of man wants to have all of the plan always in front. God just sometimes will say, here's the plan, go. Okay, and you go, go where? (laughs) You just have to be ready and just go, okay. And you start putting one foot in front of the other and you trust God will direct you as you go. How many people, when they go to the first place and God's not in it, they go to the second place and God's not in it, how many people are going to go to that third place? Are y'all with me? They go to the third place, God's not in it. He goes to the fourth place, God's not in it. What's Paul doing? He is trusting, I am walking out this process God is going to direct me. I am going to end up at the right place at the right time. Amen. He didn't wait until he had all the instructions. I thought often about the time when Jesus was telling Peter. You know, I don't think Peter even thought about details. I'm a person. It's it's a, a weakness. I think about details too much. I want all the details sometimes before I can get started. I want a detailed plan of everything. And God's like, he slaps his hands and says, I'm not going to give you that at all. And, and sometimes the more I try, the more frustrated I get. And I'm like, one time, I don't think Peter had that problem at all. Peter's like, uh, hey, Jesus called me out on the water too. He steps out on the water. Then there's a storm and go, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and then he gets scared, right? One time Jesus goes, hey, Peter. You know, you and I are old enough, we have to pay this tax. So I want you to go and catch a fish, and it's going to have the money in its mouth. If Jesus told you that, what would you say? Think about it. I want you to put yourself in that situation. You're Peter, or you're whoever you are, your name, and you're there walking with Jesus, and y'all need some money. And Jesus goes, and you're a fisherman. And Jesus says, go catch a fish. There's a fish with money in its mouth. And um, that's going to be all we need. What are you going to say? What else are you going to say? Seriously, what would you say? Even if you believe it's the Lord. Where do I go? You know what I mean? Peter's like, oh, wow, I'm going to catch a fish. There's going to be money in his mouth. (laughs) He doesn't even think he's got to go to any particular place. He just catches this, I don't know how he caught it, maybe a hook. He throws his hook out. He caught it, goes, "Hmm, sure enough, just like Jesus said. Hey, Peter, how'd you know where to go? Oh, I didn't even think about it. I just went there. He told me the first fish I was going to catch is going to be. 
I don't know. I, see, you see what I'm saying? Sometimes God just says, step out, I'll guide you. And you have to step out and you have to trust God. You're going to end up where God wants you to be. My, my flesh doesn't like that because I want all the details. You see, and sometimes God's like, I'm not going to give you the details. You know what? God likes details. I think God likes, I mean, I think there's sometimes God just loves the details. He loves the plan. But most of the time, what we do is we end up looking to that plan, trusting in that plan, instead of going, just going, okay, God. Okay, God, I'm looking to your word. I'm looking to what you said. And as wonderful as it can be to look at the plan, God's like, I'd rather you be looking at me. Trusting in me to direct your steps yeah. all along the way. Rather than for me to tell you exactly how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. So you see what Paul's doing here? Paul stepped out in faith, and what's he doing? He is experimenting. You know, some people say, oh, if you're a man of prayer, you won't ever have to experiment. You'll always know what to do. I don't think that's true. He's experimenting. And listen to this. Sometimes you need to go out where you somehow you realize God in that direction. You need to step out there and see where God is and to see where God isn't. And you need to differentiate that from where the devil's resisting you, right? You need to see where God is closing a door, what God doesn't want you to do, and you need to see where God opens the door. You need to be able to recognize these kinds of things. Amen? So anyway, he steps out. He's trusting that as he steps out, he's going to get the direction he needs. Amen? Then the next thing is, He's flexible. He's so flexible here. So, Paul has his plan. Uh, I believe he said, okay, we're going to do this missionary journey. Whatever. He's figured out where they're going to go. He's walking out his plans. You know, okay, this is the next city. This is the next city. Nope. He's, he's walking through his plans, and what happens? God changes his plan. God comes in and says, nope, I'm interrupting your plans. You know what you wrote down? Uh, don't go to that next city that you're planning on next in your list. Um, here, I'm changing your plans. I just want to say God loves to change our plans. We get godly plans. We get godly instructions. We get all excited about it. We're going to change the world. And then God loves to step in and change our plans. So, you look at Jesus and the Twelve. This even happened with Jesus. Can you believe God the Father changed Jesus' plans? Right? Jesus was doing a lot of ministry this day. This is in Mark chapter 6. They were so tired. He and all of his disciples, they were really tired. And it says in Mark 6, 31, he tells his disciples, hey guys, let's go, let's take a rest. Let's take a rest. So it says that Jesus made plans to do what? To rest. He departed privately in a boat 
to a deserted place with the disciples. Why? He made plans to rest. Right? Guess what happens? When you get to that place, somehow it ends up not being deserted, and he doesn't have one or two come to him. Thousands come to him. And it says he was moved with compassion. Guess where that moved with compassion comes from, by the way? Where'd that come from? God the Father. You see, God leads us in various ways. We'll get to this next week because I don't think we'll get to it today. But God leads us in various ways. And there's three major ways God led Paul just in this little passage here. But anyway, see what's what's happening here? He's, Paul, uh, excuse me, Jesus has gone. He planned. We're going to rest, guys. Was that a godly plan? Yes. Was it good? Yes. Was it from godly wisdom? And Yes. Was it pleasing to the Lord? Yes, it was pleasing to the Lord. But then there's thousands there and he's moved with compassion. You know what that's? You know what that is? That's God saying, I know you need to rest and I want to give you rest, but right now I'm changing your plans. That's so crazy. We, I'm not saying don't rest. Please don't understand that. That's definitely not scriptural to not rest. But sometimes when we have plans and we think we're going to do something and we need something we, and, we, and we've got put it before the Lord and we get it in our minds, you know, God told me, you know, he shows me that this is a godly decision. You need to be open for God to change your mind. You see what I'm saying? Because God likes to come in and change our mind about things. Samuel. Samuel had been connected with the flow of God. Right? And I think this is in First uh, Samuel 16. Um, but he's been connected with the flow of God and King Saul. Because God chose King Saul. Do you know God was in that? Did you know God was in King Saul? God used King Saul. That was what God was doing, right? And he was so connected with that. One day, God says, Samuel, how long are you going to stay connected to what I was doing? You need to go to where I am and what I'm doing right now. I've changed, I'm changing your plans. By the way, this is so crazy. You ever think about that? Samuel, God, Samuel's the prophet. God gives Samuel a word. Saul is the king. Tell everybody Saul is the king. And so Samuel gets up in front of all of Israel. This is the one. This is the one God chose. Later, after Samuel has been telling everybody, this is the one, this is the one God's with, this is the one God chose. After he's done that, uh, you know, like years later, God tells Samuel, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I told everybody that that's what, y'all see what I'm saying? I'm invested in that, God. Hey, I've been, you know, and that's your man. 
God's like, I'm not doing that anymore. Move on. I don't want to move on. Ugh. I'm changing plans. I'm changing your plans. Oh, God. Do you don't see what I'm saying? God loves to change plans. I just want to say the church world right now is holding on to King Saul. There are so many things from what God did in the past season that people want to keep doing that God was in, that God gave plans to, that God blessed and people are like, but God said it, that God did this. God's like, that season's over. Move on to what I'm doing now. Let go so you can fully go into what I'm doing right now. That's not easy. But God's telling them, until you fully let go, you fully can't go into the next thing. Fill up your horn with oil, anointing. Come on. Fill up your horn, your, that authority and the anointing, and go into the new. Amen? Well, I'm going to stop right there, but let me just mention three things that I didn't get to today. One of them, actually three ways, I'll just say three ways that God will speak to you. It's in that verse there. It's in that passage we read. How does God lead you? Think about that. Why don't you, you'll probably come up with a bunch more. So why don't you read that passage this week? Read Acts 16 and read 6 through 10. And write down, uh, how does God lead people? How does God lead him? What caused him, you know, you ask yourself questions like, how did he know he was supposed to keep going from town to town? How did he know to go to Macedonia, um, that kind of thing. So we'll get into that next week. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody, please, just let's just press into the new, amen? Remember about the going forward? You'll get your blessing if you go forward. You're not going to get your blessing sitting back. Get your blessing going forward. Paul was going forward. How do you go forward? It doesn't necessarily mean to knock on doors, but if God's put something in front of you, take a step. See where God is. Experiment a little bit. Knock on the door. See if God's on that door. If it's not, it's okay. You, you know what I mean? Get a little gist of what you feel like God's leading you to. Like, and knock a little bit and keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Because sometimes God doesn't lead you by, He leads you by you knocking and you go, mm, God's not in that. And you're not going to say, mm, God is in that. You see, you have, to, you have to sort of let God direct you as you're going along the way. So get started. Maybe for some of it, you don't know how to go forward. Let me tell you what you're going forward is right now. You're going forward is the basic. You should ne- always have to have your whole life. And if any of you are lacking this, you got to start out with this. What is that? you got to live a life of prayer and faith. And it doesn't have to be a burden. Just bring it before the Lord every day. God, help me with this. God, strengthen me with this. God, I commit this situation to you. And then you got to walk in faith. You can't go, oh, I don't know if God's going to come through. If you pray like that, what's the point? You see what I mean? Pray, ask your request before the Lord. I love that David goes, I prayed my request in the morning, and then all throughout the day I was eagerly looking. Bring your request before God, and by the time you get out of your prayer closet, you don't be going, oh. If you didn't like that, you didn't pray right. Might as well not pray at all if prayer discourages you. You're not doing it right. Pray. Present your needs before the Lord. Present your day before the Lord. And this declare, 
God, I thank you you're with me. I thank you that I'm an overcomer. I thank you that you're going to direct my steps today. I thank you you're going to help me. Even if I knock on doors and it's negative and you're not in it, I am not stopping because I know at the right time the breakthrough is going to come. Even if it looks like all negative today, I'm going to keep rejoicing because I know it's just part of the journey. Because my breakthrough's coming. Amen? So maybe that's where you need to start. And the next thing you need to do is just start taking those steps. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I like for everyone to stand when we pray because I feel like that gives you a new level of attention. New level of attention before God. So, Lord, we just commit our lives to you. We commit our days to you. Lord, we thank you. Breakthrough is the testimony of Scripture. We're called to break through. We're called to be like God. We're called to be overcomers. Uh, and we thank you that the Holy Spirit lives in us and gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, we thank you. You're going to provide for all of our needs. Lord, we thank you for all of the promises. And God, right now, we just dedicate ourselves to getting the lies out and getting the word in, believing the truth and and pushing out everything contrary to the Word of God and to the, to the testimony of who God is. Lord, now we pray this week, God, that you strengthen every one of us and help us, Lord, to be a strengthener of others. Lord, there's so many. Lord, they need to be disciple makers. They, they need to rise up and help others make. Father, we pray, Lord God, cause this ministry of ours, Lord, to grow and to flourish. I pray everyone, Father, on Zoom and everyone on the Internet, Lord, we just pray everybody will go through their breakthroughs and whatever lies holding them down, whatever words in the mind, whatever words of discouragement, words of just wrong attitudes, wrong thinking, God, break that, Lord, and bring freedom and victory and breakthrough to every single one. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to encourage you today, listen, breakthrough is yours, Amen. Have you ever seen a Bible scripture that says um, your problem is too big? Every, why isn't that verse in there? God doesn't want to give you a breakthrough. No, it's all about believe, trust. Nothing is impossible with God because God wants you to stretch your belief and your trust. He wants you to get rid of every doubt. Amen. So, amen. Be strong this week. Come next week at 930. Amen.